We read God's word this morning from the book of Matthew, starting at, in chapter 13, reading from verses 1 to 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Uh, in, in Matthew 13, there are seven parables that Jesus tells about uh, the kingdom of heaven. Uh, a, a lot of them start with the phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like. Uh, Jesus, in telling this, is wanting to make sure we know and understand and have right expectations of God's kingdom. A right expectation so, so that we don't think that the gospels failed when we see it going out in the movie, 
in the 2011 movie, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, um, a bunch of British retirees uh, decide to move to India. Uh, they hear about this um, Best Exotic Marigold Hotel um, that's been advertised, that's been told how great it is, how it's this uh, amazing retirement place, but it's so affordable and with the expense of retiring in the UK, they, the bunch of these retirees decide to uh, move to India and take up this opportunity. After an eventful journey, they get there only to, to find a dilapidated building and a manager who hardly knows what he is doing. And the, the, as the story unfolds, you see them wrestling with that uh, and, and grappling with that. After such expectations of this great a retirement place, they, they are let down and find something totally different. Now, I wonder if you've had similar experiences in life. Maybe you've booked that dream holiday only to end up being disappointed. It didn't live up to what they had advertised. Or maybe uh, buying one of those electronic devices that promises to change your life only to find out it's a Chinese dud. Uh, in the last week of the school holidays, we'll be running a holiday Bible club here where we seek to share the gospel message uh, with young kids. We did the same uh, in Hermanus this last week. And in the start of the third term, we're going to be having three guest events aimed at taking the gospel message out. Now, as we do this, we need to make sure we have right expectations of what God is going to be doing if we have unrealistic expectations, we may end up being disappointed and um, giving up uh, and, and not trusting God to work in the way that he has said. Jesus tells these parables in Matthew 13 to make sure we have the right expectations of his kingdom. Uh, our first point we see here is the message of the kingdom. In Matthew's gospel, the kingdom of God is a big theme. Matthew is writing to the Jewish, with the Jewish person in mind and is writing to show that Jesus is the king of God's kingdom, the promised king that has been promised uh, in the Old Testament, the king whose kingdom will be established forever. Now, there's two main aspects to the kingdom of God. Firstly, it's about the king of the kingdom, and Matthew shows us that Jesus is that king. He is the one who perfectly rules over his people forever. Secondly, the, king, the, the, the kingdom is about the people who follow the king. In the first chapter of Matthew's gospel, he clearly shows us that Jesus is the Messiah, the promised king. In chapter 3 and 4, we see John the Baptist proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And when Jesus sends his disciples out in chapter 10, the message that they are to go and proclaim is the kingdom of God is near. John the Baptist proclaimed the message of the kingdom. Jesus proclaimed the message of the kingdom. His disciples proclaimed the message of the kingdom. Over the next month as a church, we're going to be seeking to proclaim the message of the kingdom to children and to others in Stellenbosch. We're seeking to really increase our evangelistic heat over the next month. 
And as we proclaim this message, uh, we, uh, the, the aim is to proclaim Jesus as the promised king. As the message goes out, what do we expect to happen? Uh, in the first century, one might have been tempted to think that when the message goes out, all the Israelites will turn to Jesus as their king. After all, shouldn't they have been waiting for, for the Messiah to come? And here Jesus is. But that's not what happened. Large numbers of Israelites rejected Jesus. Many of the religious leaders openly opposed him. Surely they should have embraced Jesus. Does this mean that the message of the kingdom had failed? Because it wasn't achieving what was expected? Why were so many people rejecting the kingdom message? Is it a failure? This could be a similar thought that we are having. Maybe as we've shared the gospel with friends and family who seem to have rejected, we might be wondering, has God's message failed? Well, in this passage, Jesus tells the parable of the sower to make sure that we have right expectations of the message. And he tells his disciples why he speaks in parables for the same reason. Jesus wants to make sure that we have a realistic right expectation of the power of the message of the kingdom. The first uh, of Jesus' kingdom parables is the parable of the sower. And this really is about the responses to the kingdom. It starts with a farmer who goes and scatters the seed. As he scatters the seed, it falls in different areas. What pictured here is a farmer just almost blindly just throwing seed all over his land and not really bothered about where it falls, but just scattering the seed. Some falls on the path, some falls among the rocks, some among thorns, and some on good soil. Then Jesus tells us at the end of this passage, uh, that the seed that lands in these different soils represents different responses to the gospel message. In verse 19, we see that the seed symbolizes the message of the kingdom. That is the gospel message. The farmer, the one sowing the seed, that's the picture of the gospel message being proclaimed. As someone tells their work colleague about Jesus over lunch, the gospel seed is being scattered. As people listen to the gospel being taught in formal settings like church or Bible studies, the gospel seed is being scattered. As a young school kid tells his family about Jesus and how he's become a Christian, the gospel seed is being scattered. As children in a couple of weeks' time hear the the message of the kingdom at the Holiday Bible Club, the gospel seed is being scattered. Every time someone speaks of God's plan for saving the world, the gospel seed, the message of the gospel, is being scattered. Now, as the farmer scatters the seed, it falls on different soils with different results. And in the same way as the message of the kingdom is proclaimed, it falls on different people with different results. Now, there's four different places where the seed falls and four corresponding responses to the gospel message. The seed that fell on the path was eaten by the birds. Uh, this is the person 
who hears the message of the gospel, but it has no impact on them. Jesus tells us that the enemy, the devil, snatches the word from them. This is like the person who sits in church, who hears the truth of the gospel, but it's in one ear, out the other. Or your friend who you explain the gospel to, but the response is just saying, that's nice for you, but it's not for me. The seed that falls in the rocky places, this is the one who hears and for a short while seems interested. Verse 20 says that this person uh, receives the message with joy. But after some time, this person drifts off to something else, having no concern for the things that they've heard. Verse 21, we're told that the reason that this happens is because persecution and trouble comes along. Uh, this is like the person who hears the gospel message and for a while uh, appears to be changed. Regular at church, coming to Bible study. But when life gets tough, when people mock them for their faith, they turn away and stop believing. The third uh, area where the seed falls is among the thorns. And this is the person who receives the message of the kingdom for a short time and seems to be a genuine Christian. But again, after some time, they turn back to the way they had been living before they heard the message of the kingdom. Turning away from the gospel and following temporary pleasures in this world, the deceitfulness of riches. This is like the student who hears the gospel, seems to believe, but when they, when they look back at how their non-Christian friends are living, enjoying the party life. They think that that is better off, and they turn back from the gospel and turn to the ways of the world. Or like your work colleague who seems to believe, but soon the love of the world and the deceitfulness of riches overshadow the message they've heard, and they give up on being a Christian. The final place that the seed falls is on the good soil. And it is this seed in the good soil that ends up yielding a bumper harvest. Now, this is the person who not only hears the word, but understands it, who accepts it wholeheartedly and slowly and surely is transformed and grows in godliness. This, this seed yields a bumper harvest. From one small seed comes much fruit. The fruit here is the fruit of a transformed life, changing our desires and actions, uh, changing that comes from a deep understanding of what God is doing in the world. Now, there's two surprising things to note about, about the parable of the sower. The first thing is that we see that three of the four soils end up rejecting the message. Now, it's a sad truth that we will all personally know people who have rejected the gospel message. And maybe some of them will have seemed to uh, accept it for a while and then turned back. When we see this, we must not become despondent. We must not think that the gospel message has failed. Uh, we must not give up telling people the message of salvation. Jesus told this so that we'll understand that there will be people 
who will reject the gospel message. Then the second surprising thing that we are to note is that when the seed does fall on good soil, it will bear a bumper harvest, an amazing harvest. And this should be the thing that motivates us and drives us forward in our evangelism. There is great power in the gospel message. And when it falls on good soil, it will transform people. It will bear fruit that lasts to eternity. Just think about your own life. How has God worked in you over the years, shaping you, transforming you? If you're good soil, then that seed is bearing much fruit, changing you and shaping you, growing you more like Jesus, strengthening you to turn from sin, transforming your desires and your passions. And we also see this in one another as we see God at work in one another. That is the power of the gospel message, falling on good soil. In the month ahead, as we push at reaching out to others, uh, we must have right expectations, but we must have great confidence in the power of the gospel message. That should drive us to boldly invite people um, to, to our guest events, to vi- invite children to the Holiday Bible Club. We don't know what soil they are, but when it falls on good soil, we know that it will produce a bumper harvest. It is the message of the kingdom of God that will save people, that will bring people into his eternal kingdom. But why do we see people responding in different ways? How are we to understand the responses of the gospel message. Well, the answer comes in Jesus speaking, uh, Jesus uh, telling his disciples why he's speaking in parables. If you ask most people why Jesus speaks in parables, they would say that Jesus is giving an illustration to help us understand a truth. Now, that's half right, but not fully right. Parables do illustrate some truth, but there's also another reason why Jesus spoke in in parables. And the reason comes um, as he explains to his disciples here. Uh, the, The reason that Jesus spoke in parables was to separate out those who are part of his kingdom and those who are on the outside. You see, the parable is told to the crowds. At the beginning of um, Matthew 13, Jesus is out on a boat speaking to large crowds. But it is only to those who come to him later who get the understanding, who get the explanation of the parable. To those who hear the parable and not the explanation, they've still heard the truth, but they've got no understanding. To them, it is just stories. In verse 10, Jesus' disciples ask him why he speaks in parables. And in verse 11, he says to them, have a look at verse 11 on the screen. He replied to them, because the knowledge of the secret of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and and they will have in abundance Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. 
This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. You see, they hear the truth. The truth is there, but they don't understand. They don't get it. That's why uh, Jesus speaks in parables. Parables have two different effects on people. For the disciples who come to Jesus, for those of us who come to Jesus for understanding, the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you. This is a response of the good soil. The person who understands has received the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But the others, they hear the truth, but they do not understand it. Have a look at what Jesus says in verse 14. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. Uh, these are the people who hear but do not understand. And for them, the parables work as a judgment against them because of their hardness of heart. They hear the truth, but it's nothing more than a story. Some people will hear the gospel message proclaimed over and over again, but they'll never understand it. Their hearts are hardened, their eyes are closed, their ears are deaf. Jesus tells us this so that we understand that there will be people who will reject. When the gospel is proclaimed, there will be different responses. It is only to those who have the knowledge of the secrets of heaven who will truly understand the life-giving gospel message and will bear fruit. To others, it makes no sense. It's just stories, no understanding. And for them, hearing the message is a judgment. Now, we must not lose heart as we see people reject the gospel message. We must not lose confidence in the power of the gospel message. We must always remember that when it does fall on good soil, it will bear a bumper harvest. Jesus is the king of God's kingdom. He came into this world to make a way for us to be forgiven. He gave up his life by dying on the cross to take the penalty we deserve because of our sin. This is the gospel message. This is the seed of the kingdom. This is the message that will save people. This is the only message that will save people. It is the only seed of the kingdom. Nothing else. And we must have confidence that that seed has the power to produce a bumper harvest. It is our responsibility to sow the seed. We are the workers in the field. We are to tell people that Jesus is the promised king, the king of his kingdom, who died on the cross, who brought a salvation for a world who des desperately needs to be brought a forgiveness from God. Over the weeks to come, we must invite kids to holiday clubs so that they can hear the message of the kingdom. As we think about who to invite to the guest events, let's have confidence in the power of God's 
the, the power of the seed of the kingdom to bring people to be part of his eternal kingdom. It is our job to be scattering the seed. It is God's job to give understanding. We make known the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. God is the one who will open blind eyes, who will soften hard hearts. We work the field. He works the hearts. We don't know what soil people are. God purposefully has not told us. But he has told us that when the seed falls in good soil, it will bear a bumper harvest. Let me ask you, have you responded to the message of the kingdom? How have you responded? Some of you may be here and you're feeling like um, maybe you're one of the first three soils. Come to Jesus for understanding and he will give you understanding. Jesus is the one who you come to to get the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Pray to him and ask him to give you understanding, to open your eyes, to have faith and trust in him. And Jesus did this. Jesus made a way for us by coming to die on the cross. Turn to him as your savior. As we look ahead over the next month and and seek to reach out to Stellenbosch with the gospel message, uh, let's do it with right expectations. Let's do it with great confidence of the power of the message of the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are so concerned with the people in this world that you sent your Son into this world as the King of your kingdom to bring about salvation. Thank you that you have given us the message of the kingdom. Thank you that you promised that you are at work in this world, bringing many people to be part of your eternal kingdom. Father, we pray that you will increase our confidence in your power at work in this world as your message is proclaimed. We pray for the holiday club coming up, for the guest events, that you'll be powerfully at work as the the message of your kingdom is proclaimed, bringing people to be part of your, your kingdom. We pray for soft hearts. We pray for open eyes. Father, give us the confidence and the boldness to bring people along that they may hear the true message. We pray this for your honor and glory. Amen.